It was July of 1961, and the 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for the first day of training camp. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Green Bay players had been thinking about this brutal loss for the entire offseason and were ready to start building on what they had accomplished in order to win a championship. Their coach, Vince Lombardi, had a different idea. He walked into training camp and holding a pigskin in his hand, he said, gentlemen, this is a football. Lombardi was coaching a group of three dozen professional athletes who just months prior had come within minutes of winning the biggest prize their sport could offer. And yet he started these professionals all over again at the basics. Lombardi was obsessed with the basics. He taught them again how to block and tackle. He went back to the playbook and reviewed every play. He assumed nothing. And his team would become the best in the league at the tasks that everyone else took for granted. And it paid off. Six months later, the Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 37 to nothing to win the NFL championship, the first of seven championships that they would win. Lombardi built a winning dynasty by going back to the basics. Now, why are the basics so important? Well, there is a principle in life that we know to be true. Consistently doing the basics is how you make anything great. If you want to be healthy, you have to consistently eat well, exercise, and rest. If you want to be wealthy, you have to consistently spend less than you earn so you can save on a regular basis. If you want to be spiritual, you have to consistently spend time with God. And if you want a loving family, you have to consistently act in loving ways. This is how life works. Yet oddly enough, we often ignore this basic principle because somewhere in us there is a disconnect between what we believe and how we behave. We believe in landing an awesome career one day, but we don't put in the work to learn the skills necessary to qualify. We believe in being debt-free, but we spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need. We believe honesty is the best policy, but does that apply to paying our taxes? We believe we should build character in our sons and daughters, but they see us doing the bare minimum just to get by. There's nothing more basic than behaving like we believe. It's our football, if you will. So if this is the key to building a great life, why don't we do it? 
Well, the reason is fairly simple. Either we don't know what to do, or we don't do what we know. Now, if I don't know how to do something, I can learn it. But if I don't do what I already know, no amount of luck will make my life better. Consistently doing what we know to be true is basic. It's what Lombardi did. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a football. And if that principle of living by the basics makes sense to you, then what is the key to actually doing it? Well, I think Jesus gives us some help in understanding this. Over the three years of his ministry, he literally dealt with thousands of people in different situations. But occasionally, he would encounter someone whose faith was consistently lived out, and it always impressed him. One day, after Jesus had finished a teaching tour, he returned to the town of Capernaum, where he headquartered his ministry. And as he entered the town, a Roman centurion, who had heard of Jesus, sent some Jewish elders to beg on his behalf for Jesus to come to his house and heal a servant that he highly valued. And somewhat surprisingly, Jesus agreed to go do this. Now, before we go further in the story, let me give you a little background to help you understand just how unusual this story was. The Romans occupied Israel as a conquering foreign power, and the Jewish people hated them for it. This Roman centurion was a symbol of that occupation, and under normal circumstances, the Jewish leaders would have had nothing to do with this man. After all, he was the enemy. But there was something different about this foreigner. He was friends with these Jews, and they were even willing to speak to Jesus on his behalf. And this kind of behavior was unheard of. Then, while Jesus was on the way to this guy's house, the story got even crazier. He sent another message to Jesus, and this is what he said. Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. That he would show this kind of humility was surprising because the Romans considered Palestine to be the backwash of the Roman Empire, and they naturally thought themselves to be superior to the Jews who lived there. But this centurion's humble behavior had a profound effect on Jesus. Look at what he said. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. What was it about this centurion that so amazed Jesus and caused him to heal his servant? Well, it was that he had such great faith. This centurion had heard all the reports 
of what Jesus was doing, how he was healing people all over northern Galilee. And he had believed in Jesus, and now he was behaving like it. This was his. Gentlemen, this is a football moment. And his consistency impressed Jesus. You know, possibly like you, I don't always behave like I believe. But let me tell you about a time that I got it right. When Linda and I graduated from Baylor in the early 1980s, one of the things that we wanted to do was to go overseas as missionaries. This was our life dream together, and we worked hard for about six years to meet all of the requirements so that we could be appointed by a Baptist church mission agency. But as we neared the time for appointment, through a series of events, I became acutely aware that there was an inconsistency in my own life, and this is what it was. I wanted to go overseas with Baptists, but if I remained in the States, I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue to be a Baptist. And that might not seem very significant to you, but let me assure you, it was a big issue for the agency that was sending us. I was hiding this from them, and it felt all wrong. You see, I was raised by my parents to tell the truth, no matter the outcome. We believed it was always right to be honest. And so I had to decide. Would I keep quiet and pursue our life dream, or would I behave like I believed? I knew if I told them the truth, they wouldn't appoint us, but honesty was one of those basics that I believed in. And so together, we decided to tell them, and when we did, our dream went up in smoke. But you know, God really likes consistency between belief and behavior. And soon after this, he blessed us in a way that we could have never imagined. A couple of months later, I was invited to go on a 10-day tour of Israel, and the tour company paid for the entire trip. Now, that was really cool in and of itself, but it's not really the great part of the story as far as I'm concerned. While I was on that tour, I met a guy who introduced me to, a, to my life mentor, Dr. Dave Anderson. And believe me, I badly needed a mentor. Up to that point in my young life, I wasn't very good at pastoring. And God kind of took it upon himself to arrange this for me. What Dr. Anderson taught me over the next few months was so significant to me that I immediately passed it on to my lifelong friend, Dave Sadoff, the founding pastor of this church. And you may not be aware of it, but when Dave started this church, along with Mark Richard and David Henning and Doug Robbins, he started it based on the free grace theology that Dr. Anderson taught. Our free grace theology is one of the reasons City Church is radically accepting. It's one of the reasons that many of you feel like you'd never want to go to church anywhere else. Uh, this theology is one of the reasons that so many of you say that when you first come to City Church, you just feel like you've come home. And it's one of the reasons that over the last four years, we've baptized over 3,200 people here at City Church. 
You know, Linda and I had no idea that God would use a little truth-telling in this way. But that's what God does when we behave like we believe. This was our gentleman, this is a football moment. And when we did it, God blessed it. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to take that most obvious area of your life, perhaps an area where you're stuck, take an area that your life hasn't turned out like you thought it would, or that part of your life that really disappoints you. Maybe it's how you're relating to your boyfriend or girlfriend or your overwhelming debt, or maybe it's your marriage or your relationship with your stepchildren or your dissatisfaction at work or your relationship to God. And I'm asking you to go back to the basics and consistently behave like you believe. Now, I know that some of you may be new to this whole idea of God, and you aren't sure what you believe. You know, City Church is a great place for people who aren't sure. And over the next 16 weeks, Clayton and I are going to talk to you about things that we believe and how we should behave, about some of the really basic things that affect all of our lives. In January, we're going to take you back to some of the most fundamental theological categories that has an effect on everything that you and I do. In February, we're going to take you back to the basics about how to marry well. Now, let me just tell you, if you're thinking about popping the question, getting married, don't buy the ring until after this series. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure I did marry well, well, we're going to show you how you can change that. In March, we're going to take you back to the basics about how to handle your money so that it's not a burden to you. And in April, we're going to take you back to the basics about salvation. Many of you have been asking us, is it possible for me to lose my salvation? And so we're going to talk about that culminating on Easter weekend. Why are we doing this? Why are we going back to the basics? Because going back to the basics is our, gentlemen, this is a football moment. And it's the only way to build a great life. And so I hope you'll let us help you do that here at City Church. You know, 2017 is a new year. Let's make it great. And so pray with me to that end. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the kind of God who wants for us, even more than we want for ourselves, to live a great life. And I pray that over these next few months, you would guide us, starting today, to go back to the basics in those areas of our lives where we're dissatisfied and disappointed. And God, I pray that you'd show us how to live that out consistently. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.